Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Bermuda Championship Mega Preview Pod. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. What's up, Greg? Megapod. Let's you ready? Go. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Uh, Kyle Porter is here. KP, that looks like a fresh haircut to me. Uh, it's not, but <laughs> I am in my car again. My kids think that we are vagabonds. My daughter. <laughs> My seven-year-old daughter is opening up like pop-up stores on the road. She's a gypsy. It's it's <laughs> it's not good. I love it. You're almost at the finish line, though, right? A couple more days. Yep, we move into our new house on Saturday, so just in time to leave for Augusta. There you go. Perfect. Uh, and Mark Immelman is here. Mm. Mark, where have you been this morning? Getting a little work in. I don't know. Vagabond for word, for word of the day from Carl already. I mean, that's where that, that is first prize coming with Vagabond <laughs> early in the show. Um, I am at my golf facility. This is in the studio. See, there's Ben Hogan and a quote behind there from Arnold Palmer. I've been in lessons. I just got a, a quick gap between my last one of the day, which is at four o'clock. So a little golf instruction for me today. Love it. Let's jump into this week. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube. You can give us a, a like, a little sub over there, youtube.com slash first cut podcast, and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Goes a long way. Gentlemen, little master's news at the top. A couple of things that we kind of knew, a couple of things maybe we didn't. Uh, officially, no par three contest this year. Uh, they will be using split tees for the first two rounds, presumably, because less daylight in November as opposed to April. And then college game day, you you heard me correct. I said college game day will be on site on Saturday. Uh, KP, I don't think I saw this one coming. The, the old Augusta college game day collab. How about that? I mean, all, all this stuff that happens this year, I, I keep saying, hey, go back to January 1 and tell yourself – that college game day would be broadcasting from Augusta with Bryson is Bryson DeChambeau is your most recent major winner. You'd have been like, what, how, how, like you wouldn't even know where to begin deciphering all that. Um, but it's exciting. Like it's, it's really cool. I, I feel like the masters has done such a good job of building up the hype, getting everybody prepared. It's going to be unusual. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be awesome too. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, the so the 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 CBS collaboration here, right? The game uh, for that night is Alabama at LSU, and and Greg, I I trust Augusta National wholeheartedly to like do this awesome and have it be great and have it be really cool. And because we've talked about this, you know, the the Masters has never had to compete with college football. It's never had to compete with an NFL Sunday. It's it's different in November, and I like that they're leaning into it a bit. I, I like that too. And they, they have a tendency of doing every single, everything the right way. Um, to the point where a, a guy that I used to work for by the name of buddy Antonopoulos from Augusta, he used to say, I tell you what, dude, 
Augusta National to run our country. And that's what he would always say, because every single thing they did was the right way. And so we would <laughs> always try to copy. We would try to copy everything that, that they did. So that's would, how they would they just start? Would they just start buying neighboring countries? How would that work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it would be pretty awesome. Uh, so it, it, it was um, it, it's exciting news because I know that it's going to be handled properly. That, that's basically where it is. So it's something new. And I think there's an opportunity here and leave it to Augusta National to take something where you have competition and it may concern you and turn it into an opportunity, turn it into something that's a positive. Um, that's just what they do down there. So it's going to, it's going to be fun to watch. And my hope is that it draws a, a new audience, right? Maybe, maybe we see a little bit of a, a little bit of an increase despite the the new competition. Yeah, it will be, it will be definitely interesting when, when the ratings eventually come out and all that good stuff. But Mark, you know, there are a couple of uh, traditions that are not going to happen. Obviously, first and foremost, we're, we're in November and there's not mm-hmm. going to be a par three contest. We're going to have split tees for the first two rounds while uh, the vast majority of, of what I expect uh, year in and year out from the masters we will get, there's going to be a little, little quirks, little different things. And uh, we've just kind of in, been embracing that, right? We've been embracing that in 2020 things are are going to be a little bit different and uh we're just happy to have the masters whenever it is yeah absolutely i mean if you think back to when the covid lockdown began it was the folks at augusta national the membership there that basically committed they as far as i can remember they were the first major championship that was like this is our date we're in uh, no matter what's going on we're yeah. in for november and so there was commitment from them from the word go and 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 i gotta say you know everyone thinks of augusta national is the place with all the tradition, which it is. But since Billy Payne was the chairman, um, and then with Fred Ridley continuing along in that vein, they've been pretty progressive in their movements. I mean, it was Mr. Payne that invited lady members for the first time. It was Mr. Payne that built a bunch of structures around there before him. Uh, there, there was a whole lot less in terms of media accessibility and, and entertainment for the members and that sort of thing. And they built all these structures that are unbelievable. And then he, he did this great job and then he stepped on and, and now Fred Ridley has taken over and they're quite progressive, including, you know, the, the, the two T starts Thursday, Friday. And of course the collaboration with the football, I think that's a big deal, but you know, I live here down in Georgia and there's two things that are religion in the South and that's college football on a Saturday and the masters in, uh, in April. Now to see the two of them together, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm personally looking forward to it, even though it's going to be different from what we sort of used to. Uh, this, uh, you know, golf Twitter, uh, was a Twitter this morning yeah. when this news came out, Kyle, this, uh, sparked a lot of great memes. It sparked a lot of great Phil Mickelson content. I, I mean, there's just, there's just so much to like about this. And I, I, I guess I'm just interested to see, if college game day runs parallel to the masters and the actual tournament and the players, or if there is integrations like we're all begging for where Phil Mickelson uh, makes a pick on something, right? Like I, I just, I'm very interested to see how it's actually executed. Well, this, I mean, this is Phil's dream, right? <laughs> is that he can, he can, no matter if he makes or misses the cut, uh, he'll be involved on Saturday at Augusta because uh, he can go on with, Herb Street and and uh, all those guys, and he can give you the the Maryland money line. He can give you, uh, you know, the Missouri money line. It'll be, it'll be phenomenal. I think the crossover that you're looking for there, it might come from. Uh, we were talking about this off the air. It it might come from Steve Spurrier, guest picker, Augusta National member, 
a lot of college football. I mean, he, he would like, I don't know that you could have a, a more perfect person other than Phil, who will hopefully still be contending in the event um, to have for your guest picker there. I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. We'll see if Phil's Saturday is booked with golf or with football. We'll check and see on that. And then the final thing that came out, uh, and, and we knew this, Greg, I mean, just the, the, the tee times are a little bit different. The coverage windows are a little bit different. I, I can't imagine uh, trying to compete, even, it's, even though it's going to be, what, week 10 of the NFL? I mean, the NFL just gets a ton of eyeballs. You've got college football on. So the final round of the Masters is actually going to end at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I'm obviously still giving everybody, you know, the opportunity to watch what Sunday night football. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get a chance to catch the, uh, the, the tail end of the one o'clock games. Um, you can, you can watch the end of that slate, the four o'clock game. I mean, you're not really going to miss a whole lot at that point. So it's well done. And to me, if you look at the, the competition in this, you look at a game like Alabama and LSU, you look at um, the NFL, this is no different than a, a storm coming in. Right. Except for the fact that you can have competition. So when there's weather coming in, like they did last year in 2019, they moved tee times earlier to avoid the storm. Well, the storm this year happens to be, uh, it happens to be football. So you move it a little bit earlier and you still capture that audience. I, I think it's, um, it's a no brainer. And I'm not sure if they came out. I, I had heard this news a little bit before, um, a little bit before today. I didn't know if it was official. Um, and, and if, if it wasn't official, then, I think that what happened with the U.S. Open ratings definitely influenced this. Um, and, and you saw U.S. Open ratings really struggle in large part due to football. So I think it's a, it's a no-brainer and it's a great move. I was just going to add to that, and Greg happened to bring it up there, that in 19, which remember we did that podcast, our most memorable masters during COVID lockdown content, um, that 19 was pretty special. And and you speak of ratings in the 2019 live show, which was in the morning, the ratings were off the charts. And then the replay in the afternoon of Tiger winning, when folks knew what the result was, the ratings were almost just as high. So, so, so we saw this in 19 where it worked out with the early tee times on a Sunday. It, it's, it's, it's more a big deal from the player's point of view than it is for, for everybody else. Because for those players, if you're some guy that hasn't necessarily won a major event just yet, and you're in one of the last few groups, you don't have to hang around till 2 p.m. or 1.45 or something to play in the afternoon all that time to think. It's just basically get up and go. And I feel like from that point of view, it did lend itself. Um, it gave Tiger a smidge of an advantage, if you will, because he could get up and just go and play golf, and there wasn't time during the day to, to, to let other folks think about it too much. So I think it's going to be great. It's going to be awkward. Um, but, but I guarantee you those ratings will be off the charts if Woods is in contention again. Uh, that is for sure. And we're going to kick off our masters coverage before you know it, but for now, we're going to look at the Bermuda championship, which by the way, a absolute elite logo. They lean into the Bermuda triangle aspect of this. It's got great colors. The trophy's a triangle. This is, this is a good one. Uh, this now has full FedEx cup points on the line. Uh, the victor will get an invite to the 2021 Masters. That's the April version of this. And your defending champion, Kyle Brendan Todd, the only player in the field from, who played last week, uh, barnstormed Harry Higgs here on Sunday and won this event last year. That's the only addition we've ever had of this event. He's back to defend his title. 
Yeah, he is. This might be the uh, the shapes swing. We had the circle trophy last week. We got the triangle trophy this week. I it like might it. be it might be shape season. Um, <laughs> is Todd in the Masters? He is, right? Yes. He has to be from his wins, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. in well, from his wins, and he's in in April because of um, he's in in April because of the FedEx Cup finish. But he but he didn't get it. Like this wasn't a. This win last year didn't get him into the 2020 Masters, right? No, but his My next one, the next week, his next one did. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, so I think I think he's interesting because you've only got uh, I think five guys in this field that are also in the Masters. It's uh, Stinson, Max Homa, Danny Willett, uh, Todd, and I think there's one other uh, that's also in Augusta. But um, you know, I. I think that it, it's so it's so interesting to think about where Todd was this time a year ago to think about where he's at now, where he's one of the favorites going. I, I know it's not a great field. It's not, you know, it's not what the CJ cup was or the Zozo, but um, he's legit, like one of the best guys in the field. And he it's just worlds apart. And I think, it, I, I think that has to be an encouragement to other professionals of like, Hey, this happened in a year. You can go from, where he was at to where he is now in a year's time. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I think that's a very, it's a very cool story. He's 14 to one to win the Bermuda championship. Greg, did you get a chance to speak with Brendan Todd this morning? That was supposed to happen today, right? Yeah, it was supposed to, and it has been unfortunately postponed. I did get, I did speak with Lonto Griffin this morning, which was, uh, which was really I love Lonto. Yeah. The Todd, uh, the Todd father had a little scheduling thing, but he, any, I think to go off of Kyle's point and where he was last year. So I was preparing to to speak with him today and I was going through kind of some of the Brendan Todd things of what, where he was last year. He was outside the top 500 in the world. I, I want to say it was 528 heading yeah. into the week. And he had struggled so much to, to just get any momentum. And it was to the point where, I mean, he's thinking about buying a, a plan B burger franchise, right? He, I mean, he's going to leave the, he's going to quit playing the game. And he and his coach, Bradley Hughes, basically come up with a plan and he has a couple of drills and he does these drills for like six weeks straight, just doing these drills, figuring out how to get um, the face back to square. He was really suffering from a big right miss. And and all of a sudden he comes back and it was kind of an up and down Houston open where he comes in tied 28th, two good rounds, two bad rounds. And then this week he just, it, it's like everything clicked. The thing that about Brendan Todd is there's a certain golf course that really fits him. And this course being as short as it is, Mayakoba being another short golf course, they fit him really well. And what he's proved is he's really accurate and he putts really well. And when you can do those two things on a shorter golf course, it's going to lead, um, it can lead to really good success. If you're hit, hitting the ball really well. Last year he was 70. He, he averaged like over 71% in driving accuracy and I'm with, it was fourth on tour. I'm with you. That's not an important statistic, but he was at the same distance the year before he was um, under 58%. It was 57 point something percent. So there's this, this big increase in accuracy and it just, it, it tells you that something clicked last year and he found his swing and it allowed him to utilize his strength, which is his putting. So um, I, I think despite the finishes we've had recently, I think this is going to be a pretty good week for, Brendan Todd again. 
So you, Greg mentioned the course, Port Royal Golf Club. Uh, it's it's as far as the PGA Tour is considered, it's very short. And Mark, early forecasts uh, obviously can change, but this might be a little blustery. You might need to be able to hit that heavy ball, have that piercing ball flight. Uh, talk to me about the type of player that would find success if we do get some of these twenty-five mile an hour gusts or even sustained winds that are a, a club or two uh, difference. Well, the thing about the place there in the Atlantic Ocean is uh, the calm day, it's still blowing at like 10 to 15 or so. I, so. I sort of would say that that's normal day. So, you know, it's it's forecast to blow a little higher than that. And a lot of it, you know, wherever you play, it's coming off the ocean there. So it's across you and it's a Trent Jones design. So it is it is punitive in spots. But the truth of it is, is that the rough is not very long. And the, 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 the place, there, there are a lot of hills about it. So it's not like flat golf courses where the balls can just get away from you if you've hidden there in tee shot. But still, I feel like it lends itself to a guy that hits a lot of fairways. It's a lot of greens. We saw that with Todd. We saw that with Harry Higgs, who contended last year. And all the guys who ball strikers are going to find their way around there. But then you've got the greens to contend with. And, and they're just certain guys that are more comfortable on that sort of Bermuda there. And the Bermuda on the greens is a little more coarse, I guess would be the word I would use, than the stuff the guys are used to on the mainland. So, so it takes an aggressive putter. So that's why someone like a Brendan Todd, who spent most of his time in Georgia, for argument's sakes, on that sort of grass, they'd be more comfortable. So, so hit the ball and play off the fairway, hit good irons, and then be comfortable in those Bermuda greens, being able to read them and striking putts firmly enough. I think that's the, it's, it's going to favor that sort of a player. Hey, hey real quick, Mark. Hey, who who hits the heavy? Uh, Rick mentioned hitting a heavy ball. Who hits the heaviest ball on tour? Uh, that's a really good question. Off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think. Stenson, you know, is is one that hits the ball really hard. It comes off the face with minimal deviation. Um, Rory, you know, cuts the ball through the wind pretty hard. I'm trying to think too. Um, DJ. Yeah, Dustin, but but Dustin hits it, you know, he hits it sort of a different heavy. It's just high in the air kind of thing where you can see someone like a Stenson, they flat the ball harder. So so I would sort of say the the, 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 the foremost one to me would be Henrik Stenson, who just really leans the shaft on the thing and, and really downloads the face and compresses balls. I think Henrik still sort of sets the bar from that point of view. I've always felt like Cantlay's ball is really heavy. Is that true? Yeah, it is, but he turns, he draws the ball. So anything that's drawing is going to cut through the wind better. You okay. know, where, Stenson, where Stenson's going to go to a fade shot, but it still cuts the breeze in half. And when I, when I watch a guy that can peel it from left to right for the right-hander, and it still cuts through wind pretty hard, and it can hold a left-to-right wind, um, then you know this guy's for real, and, and that's yeah. pretty much Henrik Stenson. I love it. Um, Stenson's been playing these uh, tropical events, right? He played. He yeah. played in Punta Cana a couple of weeks ago. Now he's going to tee it back up in Bermuda. Uh, make sure his game is sharp. Uh, KP, we've been on Will Zalatoris' watch for six weeks or so. He's got three top eight finishes in his four starts on the PGA Tour this season, and he is ever so close to gaining that special temporary membership status. He needs a T 70 or better three FedEx cup points away. Basically he makes the cut. He earns his te- uh, special temporary membership status. How, how weird is it that somebody who's not a PGA tour member is the, is the favorite at a PGA tour event twice again. again. That's right. It's the second time this season. He's been a favorite with, without status. Was he, was it Sanderson that he was a favorite? Uh, Corral. Yes. Wasn't it? No, it was, San- yeah. no, it was Sanderson. 
Oh, I sorry. thought it was Sanderson. I think it was. It that, might have been, yeah. He'd come off that big run, and I was a bit concerned he would be fatigued and stuff. And, and he wasn't at his best. He missed the cut, but he was the favorite there. After the yeah. U.S. Open. After his top yeah. 10 at the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's, you know, what what is felt inevitable is finally going to become official this week after he, you know, presumably makes the cut and, and finishes in the top 70 to, to get his uh, special temporary mem- membership. And that, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's very bizarre to me that he's not a member. I, I understand like the, the, the formula and like the path to get there, but uh, it's a good thing that he's going to be a member. Cause he's one of the, I mean, he's one of the, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 best players in the world right now. And um, yeah. So th- I think there's some excitement. There's, you know, he, he's one of, and we'll talk about these guys later on. He's one of seven, eight, nine young, really young guys in this field that, uh, you, you look at him, you know, Justin Suh, uh, Christopher Ventura, like there's a lot of really intriguing 24 and younger guys in a field like this. And sometimes, you know, coming off of a Zozo or a CJ Cup, it's like, oh, well, this field's not very good. And it, it is, it's a different looking field, but it gives an opportunity to a lot of these uh, younger guys that aren't getting as many starts, even somebody like a Doug Gim, that have an opportunity to kind of pop up and, uh, play their way onto the tour for the next couple of years, which I think is a really exciting. I mean, there's going to be guys in this field that become stars at some point. We don't know who they are yet, uh, but they will. And I think that's a kind of an exciting thing to try and figure out. Uh, absolutely. We're going to talk about one potentially in a second here, but producer Jacob uh, does confirm it was Corrales that Zal Torres was the favorite. Scotty Scheffler was the favorite at the Sanderson farms. Kyle mentioned Justin Suh and Greg, I want to go to you on this. Cause I think we've maybe chatted about this a little bit where guys mature at such different rates. And, and I, I just remember that press conference, right? It's Justin Suh, it's Matthew Wolf, it's Colin Morikawa, it's Victor Hovland, right? That's the class. And it was a rough start for Suh to start his, to start his career. Now he's got back-to-back top 15 finishes. Maybe this is the start of something for him. And these fields, these are the breakout opportunities that we saw Scotty Scheffler play in last year. Like we, Kyle's right. We've seen guys, uh, play these events, turn into stars, and now they're, you know, big, big time names. Yeah, whether they um, initially turn into stars or whether they, I mean, Sung JM's another guy that I would put on that list of becoming a star um, early on in a fall season. But, but um, whether you are becoming a star for the first time or you've been a star, I mean, I think Harris English, he, he jumps off the page to me as a guy who last year in the fall really uh, put his game together. And all of a sudden, he's playing in the Tour Championship. Brendan Todd puts his game together in the fall. All of a sudden, he's playing in a, a Tour Championship. I mean, these guys are top 30 players on the PGA Tour, and it all started right here in the fall. So getting a win this week or, or getting a really high finish this week, it increases your likelihood of, of making it to Eastlake and Atlanta by a lot. Now, if you're Justin Suh, there's a lot of factors here. One, you're looking at your counterparts who you're uh, up on that press conference with and what they have achieved can kind of put you in two different directions. One way can say, Oh man, look at all they've done. I'm so far behind them. Uh, I've had this rough start. I'm never going to catch them. I'm not good enough. And that goes down a really bad path. The other thing is, okay, I've competed with these guys before and I'm going to, I'm going to work to compete with them again because I can do it. And it can take a tournament like this where 
all of a sudden you go out there and perform really well and you just start to feel like you belong. It was something I was speaking to uh, Lanto Griffin about earlier this morning. We were talking about how um, how important that belonging is. But then there's that next step where once you, you feel like you belong and you're friends with the guys and you're having lunch with John Rahm, and then there's that step that John Rahm and Justin Thomas and, and Morikawa and all these guys are already in where – they are, are not trying to be your friend. They're trying to beat you. So there's kind of, there, there's this um, social presence as well, where you feel like you got to, do I, do I really belong? And then once you do, well, I'm not trying to be anybody's friend anymore on the course. I'm trying to go out and beat them. So there's kind of these levels of progression and there's nothing wrong with taking your time. Patrick Cantlay is a guy, I mean, he missed three years on tour and all, all of a sudden he's 28. And if he has accomplished what he, did if if he didn't miss those three years he was 25 he'd be viewed in a completely different light he still accomplished all that so um you're not in a rush even though sometimes it feels like it i want to mine that real quick and i want to get mark to put a bow on this because i I think that mark when you're a top let's call it 500 player in the world i think at that point a lot of those guys think they're the best player every single week or they have the ability to be the best player every single week. And I just wonder if there is anything to getting into a field that is clearly weaker than other fields and kind of licking your chops and saying, this is my opportunity. Or do some guys think that every single week? Because I think you have to have uber confidence to even get to anywhere close to this level. Absolutely. Uh, that's a good take of yours there. And, and there are a couple of things I'd want to highlight. First off, you know, they're just certain individuals, and we know the names. They can show up with kind of their B game, to use a Tiger Woodsism, and still contend and probably win. We saw that last week with Justin Thomas. John Rahm wasn't putting very well, but found something during the week. So there's just certain individuals when they're in the field, you know, hold on, I'm going to have to have my best stuff if I'm a guy who's 300th in the world, that I'm going to have to play my best, and they're going to have to not have their best. But I'm still capable of winning. Now, as you move to an event like this, in my experiences as an instructor of a number of guys who played in these sort of like alternate field events or events maybe with a, a weaker field that, are, uh, that, that, that all the blue chips are taking the week off, you do go in there feeling like your chances are better. Mm. But the key is, though, and we've seen this time and time again, and we've said this ad nauseum, that these guys on the PGA Tour are really good. So you can't go in there and kind of rest on your laurels. You're going to have to go in there and still play. And all of a sudden you'll look up, and I used to see this on the European tour every, every Thursday morning. You get there and the wind's blowing in sideways. It's raining and some cat shot 63 in the morning who you've never heard of. So there, there's a lot of that on the PGA. <laughs> there's a lot of that on the PGA tour as well. So for a Justin Suff argument, sex, who's coming in with some good form, he's trying to prove his way. Everyone knows he's got the class and he's got the tools at his disposal. You still got to go and play, and and, and you still got to you, you're going to have to beat some folks. You, you're not stumbling your way into success on the PGA Tour anymore. That's just a fact. Mm. I love it. Okay, we'll see how it plays out this week in Bermuda. But don't forget the UEFA Champions League is back with every match streaming on CBS All Access. May Messi, Neymar, Lewandowski, icons of today, but the next generation is not far behind. Match day two of the group stage is here this week, and you don't want to miss the drama of the world's most prestigious tournament combined with the world-class coverage of CBS Sports. Go to cbs.com slash UCL to start your free trial today the uefa champions league there's nothing like it 
All right, gentlemen, we're going to go through matchups, best bets, one and done, expert picks, everything on the other side. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Uh, Matchups. Let's jump right into these. KP, we'll start with you. The defending champion, Brendan Todd, minus 175 versus Emiliano Grio, plus 138. Who do you like? Uh, I like Todd. I don't, I don't like the numbers there. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's been, you know, he hasn't won since last fall, but he's been really solid and consistent throughout. So I'll go with him here. I'm not sure we've had a matchup at any point this season where one of the guys was minus 175. I think that's the biggest we've seen in a while. Uh, so for that reason, I'm just going to take Grio and hope he finds a putter. Greg, what say you? I think a putter is going to be really important this week. <laughs> Uh, we talked about this yesterday. I'm going to go with Todd. I think he gets into a, he gets into a field where it's a little bit, um, you know, um, a golf course. It's more important. The golf course is more important than the field for Brendan Todd this week. I think it's going to suit him really well again, like it did last year. And uh, it's going to be a good week for him. Brendan Todd or Emiliano Grillo, Mark. I want to go with Grillo because of the way he's been hitting it and the work he's done with Chris Como. But you guys know me. Um, if a guy can putt, he's a match for any guy, and especially around this place. Brendan Todd's got some good mojo around there, so give me Todd. Another big number on Will Zalatoris, minus 163 over Doc Redman, friend of the pod, plus 130. Kyle, what say you? I'll go with Doc. Uh, you're getting a lot of value there. Uh, he's been hitting it pretty well from tee to green, especially of the guys in this field. Um, so I love Zalatoris but I'll just go with value with Doc. In Mark's own words, Doc Redman is a flusher. I'll take him as well. Absolute great ball striker. Greg, I see a little... Greg has a sneaky little look on his face. He's about to do something crazy. <laughs> Check it out on YouTube to see that face. Uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, with with Doc here as well. I mean, Will Zalatoris is a Corn Fairy Tour player. What is Whoa! That? Whoa. <laughs> I'm only teasing. Easy. That was the that was what the sneaky look was all about. He, uh, I, I just I think it's a little the numbers favored here, and I feel like these guys should be even money. So uh, they're both playing really well. They're both very solid ball strikers. Uh, Doc's one cool cat, man. I, I just, I think the numbers are too, they're, they're too one-sided. So I'm going to take Doc along with Kyle. There you go. Will Zalatoris or Doc Redman, Mark? This is a hard one for me because as you guys know, I have not picked Will Zalatoris yet on this podcast. We know. But, but, Doc, <laughs> but Doc, Doc Redman is just so enterprising. I mean, the guy's got swagger about him. He hits the ball hard. Um, he looks like he's playing with a bunch of confidence. So I, I'm, I'm tossing a coin here and I'm going... I'm going with Doc Redman. Uh, that's a round for Doc. Uh, we'll move to Harold Varner the third minus one thirty eight versus Henrik Stenson at plus money plus one ten. Kyle, who do you like? Uh, <laughs> so confident. Say, yeah, I don't. I'll, I'll go with the heavy ball. I'll go with Stenson. I, I don't. Again, it's a value play for me. It's not a lot of confidence there. Uh, I'm, I don't know what to make of Stenson. He hasn't played much. He did play well in Punta Cana, but we just haven't seen him. Uh, we were kind of talking before we went on air, like he's played what seven times since he won the hero world challenge or something like that. So I I don't know. I'm going to take HV three. I've seen him more. I I think he's played a lot better. Uh, Greg, who do you like here? Man, um, I, I'm going to go with Harold Varner here. Um, if the only reason I would say Stenson has an edge is if the wind gets great, if it gets really windy, 
re- even for the for this golf course windy if it's the normal somewhere between 10 and 20 miles an hour even if it gets to 25 I give Varner an advantage. I think it'll still be a birdie fest because the course is designed for those kind of wins. Um, if it gets above that and it gets really crazy, I may give Stenson an advantage, but in a birdie fest, I'd prefer slightly Harold Varner over Henrik Stenson. HV3 versus Henrik Stenson, Mark. Oh, again, diff- difficult decision, but I know Varner is sort of playing well. I caught up with him a little bit um, as, as the playoffs sort of wound down, and he looked very confident in the work he'd done with his golf swing. So uh, I like Stenson around here because the, the slower greens might mit- mitigate the issues with the putter, but I'm going with Varner. I, I think he's a bit good pick around this golf course. Here's finally one matchup where both golfers are minus 110. Uh, I like both of these guys a lot. Denny McCarthy versus Christopher Ventura, KP. We'll go with my own stake at Ventura. He's been playing. He's been trending really well. He's up to like a top sixty or seventy ish type golfer in terms of the of, of his strokes gained over the last uh, you know t- ten or twelve events. So I'll, I'll go with him here. Yeah, I've got Ventura as well. Two top tens in his last four starts. As much as I love the putting machine, Denny McCarthy, I'll take Christopher Ventura. Greg, I'm going to go with McCarthy here. Yeah, um, baby. I'll I'll elaborate more shortly. Oh, a little tease. That In the business, we call that a tease. Okay. Uh, Mark, Denny McCarthy or Christopher Ventura? Who's the best putter between the two of them? Denny, right? Yeah, but, yeah I'm, Denny. Also, Ventura but, yeah, yeah, Ventura plays in the south of, Florida, south, south of Florida. I like his game, but I'm going with Denny McCarthy with this one. Denny in a putting contest over anybody, uh, according yeah. to the numbers. Uh, here's one that I never thought we'd get. Finally, on the First Cut podcast, we have a real matchup. Sepp Straka, minus 120, versus Scott Stallings, minus 105. Kyle, please, please, you know what you have to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, listen, I'm on, I'm on Scott Stallings Island. This is, this is, Every first cut podcast leading up to this one has been preparing us for this moment. And I'm going with Scott Stallings over Sepp Straka. Uh, I'm actually going to take Sepp Straka to use a Greg term. He's a popper. He'll, pro- he'll, be, like your, he'll, he'll be your first round leader uh, and finish T42, but I'll take <laughs> uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg, who do you like, buddy? I think it's going to be a little better than T42. I mean, you got to figure first round leader. I'm seeing more like a T17, which I think is uh, a pretty good floor for Sepp Straka. I, I'm going to go with the popper here. I, Sepp Straka, I try and help Kyle stay on his island. Uh, Mark, you can join Kyle on Stallings Island, or you can join us on uh, over in Strakaville. Two things quickly. I don't know what a popper is, and I've got a high respect for Scott Stalling. So please tell me what a popper is. That might influence my decision. Yeah, it's one of these things. It's, it's a jalapeno on the inside, and it's so coated with breadcrumbs. <laughs> you know, a popper, is a, a popper is a guy who plays by what I call the 80-20 rule where you make 80% of your dollars and 20% of your starts. And you just, you, you're not necessarily having consistent performance yet. All of a sudden you'll pop off. Hence the name popper for a T4 or a, a T11 or, or a win or something like that. These, these single events where all of a sudden the performance goes way up, but the average baseline is a little bit lower. Very cool. Okay. Sepp Strucker has burned me one time already when I picked against him. 
but I'm picking against him. I'm going with Stallings in this one. I can't believe we've had two Sepp Straka matchups on this show before. <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen, time for picks. We're going to start with our sleepers. Greg, I'm going to go to you because you've got one in the outline. So I, I know I know you're good there. We'll see what the other guys have. But who's your sleeper? Yeah, I'm going to go with Russell Knox. Um, Russell Knox came in tied 11th last year here. I think it's another player where the golf course um, the golf course suits him well. Now, he missed the cut at the Shriners, but he shot five under. He shot 70-67, and um, I, I like his game. He's a accurate. He's an accurate hitter for the most part, I mean, uh, meaning that he hits a lot of greens. He keeps it in play. The, so far this year, he's hit almost 80% of his greens in regulation, which is uh, fifth on tour in 2021. He's 44th in strokes gained approach the green, which I think is going to bode well for him. Uh, a Scottish player. I'm kind of hoping for some wind here, but I think you're going to see a, a nice week out of Russell Knox. Uh, I like that. I'll take Wesley Bryan, who we talked about on Monday's DFS preview. Um, he lost strokes off the tee for 17 consecutive events. He's gained in four in a row. Fixed it all. He figured it out. Problem solved. Wesley Bryan is the sleeper this week. KP, who do you got? Well, I've got a. Uh, I love that Mark referenced uh, some cat you've never heard of who could shoot sixty <laughs> on the European tour. There's a lot of cats up there. I've got one of those cats for you. It's uh, Chris Baker, who is. Oh, look at you! I think he's one fifty to one. Played at Iowa State. Uh, if you look at some of the data golf stuff, he's top ten in this field over the last three months in strokes gained tee to green, which you guys know I love. He's kind of an older guy. He's 34. He's almost my age. Um, yeah, I just – I like his number. I like him at 150 to 1. I think that number is too high for, for how good he's been playing. Mark, round us out on sleepers. <laughs> Jeez, if he's old, I must be I must be Abraham. Um, I'm going with Tyler McCumber. Uh, he's played well in the tropics. Uh, he's had a few good runs. He missed the cut in Vegas, but he's a heck of a golfer, a great ball striker. My only, consistent, my only concern with Tyler McCumber in the islands is he might surf more than he practices. But that might be a good thing, but sign me up for McCumber. Uh, I like it. Top 10, Greg. Ooh, Greg, this is an interesting top 10. Who is it? Uh, speaking of old, um, <laughs> Stuart Sink. I'm going to go Stuart Sink here. Look, I mean, he's been playing great. And there was one round um, recently uh, on a Sunday. He shot 81 on a Sunday. And I'm looking at, at Stuart Sink saying this was just a complete anomaly. This is nothing like what he's been doing before. And I, I think that you're going to get a lot of value out of Stuart Sink because of that 81. And it's just a, a single round that I am completely writing off. So I think Stuart Sink is a guy who's very, very comfortable with the putter right now. He's driving it great. Uh, he's got great confidence off the tee. Um, and the iron play has been great too. So I think he's really well-rounded and he's looking, he's looking down at the rest of this field saying, you know, what have you, what have you guys done? I mean, I'm, I'm a major champion. Uh, I've already won so far this season on the PGA tour and I'm going to show you that I can do it again. So I, I like Stuart Sink this week. Uh, I rarely do this. I like the five to one, six to one guys to to finish in the top ten. But this is this is a tough one for me. So I just took Will Zalatoris at like plus whatever he is one twenty uh, to finish in the top ten here. KP top ten lock is whom? Yeah, I was the same. I went with Zalatoris. I just I think he's so overwhelmingly the best guy in this field from tee to green that it's. I mean, you're you're getting a terrible number. I mean, it's not good, but. It just seems like it's, I mean, 
it just seems like it's going to happen. So I'll, I'll go with him because I didn't like some of the value elsewhere. Yeah, it's a it's a certainly a tough field composition. Mark, your top ten lock. Uh, please, I want someone to note the date and the time because I'm picking Will Zalatoris. I, I think once Ooh. he gets past Thursday, Friday, and he's got the card kind of locked up, I think there's going to be an element of free swinging going on. And he does hit the ball well. He's, he plays in Texas. He's used to wins and stuff. And obviously, there's a lot of confidence going on there. So I'm going with Zalatoris. We got him, so you boys. must have some real confidence with Redmond. Redmond's going <laughs> to beat him. He's a top 10 guy. Wow. Hey, you're right. You're, well, that, you're right. Maybe I should have a rundown open so I can look at what I've actually picked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we finally converted Mark to the Willie Z bandwagon. It's finally. I, I, I've, I've been a believer. I just believe in the, the strength of the PGA Tour. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to crown some upstart just because he played well in one event. I mean, please. you got to earn it. <laughs> one event. It's, been, it's been all year. By the way, three of us picked Zalatoris to finish in the top ten, and we all three picked against him in the match. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I saw that, too. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Greg called him just a corn fairy guy, which he can only do for probably th- well, two more yeah, days. It's the last time he could do it, so I had to get, get my cracks in while I could. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, all right, picks to win. Greg, you teased it. Drop it, drop it on us. Uh, Danny McCarthy. I wow. think it's time. I look. I, I, Mark said this. He he's gonna win at some point, and and he's a guy who hits a ton of fairways, hits a ton of greens. It's a game that reminds me of of Brendan Todd when Brendan Todd yeah. playing really well, right? He hits a lot of fairways, hits a lot of greens. So far this year, he's accomplishing a very rare thing on tour, which is the the seventy seventy club where you hit over seventy percent of your fairways, over seventy percent of your greens. It's kind of an old school statistic. Um, so it's fitting this week to go based on that because we don't have shot link. So I, I think you're going to see a great week out of Denny McCarthy. I like the best putter on a golf course like this um, where I, I think it's going to take like Brendan Todd did last year. I mean, go back and look at the mm-hmm. leaderboard from last year. The guys are all great putters. So I, I think it's going to continue. I'm going to go with Denny McCarthy. 33 to one on Denny McCarthy. If that interests you, I'll take doc Redman and I'll tell you what, if he wins, I'll, I'll grow the stash and I'll shave the beard and I'll just rock the, the Redmond stash. If he wins this. I love that. All right. Deal. He's 28 to one. If you want it, uh, KP, your pick to win. Well, I, on the other hand, do love crowning, uh, guys after one event and I'm going to go with Justin. So 35 <laughs> to one, he's the pedigree is unbelievable. Uh, he's been playing really well. Uh, I'm going with Justin. So, uh, 35 to one. So we've got a 28, we've got a 33, we've got a 35 to one. Mark, your pick to win the Bermuda championship. If Doc Redman wins, I'll shave the beard and leave the mustache with you too. I but it. yeah, I, I heard a statement by Kyle earlier that said that he thought Zalatoris was the class of the field. I have a feeling that the real class in the field is Charlie Hoffman. Um, this guy, you, you, you came to mind when I was looking through the field names earlier. And you talk about a guy that hits the center of the club face. This is Charlie. And he's, he's went through a little bit of a swing change. He's hooked up with Mark Blackburn. And he's been trending in the right direction. I've been watching from afar. And I, I have a sense that a guy who's won in a number of events on Bermuda Greens is primed to play well. So, so I'm going with Charlie. Charlie? Real, real quick, real quick. Uh, 
this is definitely the only podcast where you're getting Charlie Hoffman's swing coach tidbits. Uh, so kudos to Mark because that is that's a deep cut. That's awesome. You can't get this well, I anywhere have, else. I, I don't have the hot takes, Carl. So I got to go with like other stuff, you know. That's phenomenal. <laughs> the first cut is the deepest, as they say. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. I wish right, I could just shut the fire. pod down right now, but I can't. I got, <laughs> I got two more sections to go or I'd shut it fire down now. <laughs> uh, all right. So to recap, it's Redmond at 28. It's McCarthy at 33. It's Justin Sutt at 35 and Charlie Hoffman at 35. Rapid fire one and done. I think that this is a week where you use one of these guys. You probably don't care if you use them here because you're probably not going to use them anywhere else. So I've, I don't think I've used them yet. I'm going to go Will Z. I think I've already used Doc, so that's my rationale. KP? Uh, I might go Harold Varner here. I have not used him. I probably would not use him again. Uh, I think it's a good spot for to, to use him in a one-and-done. Mr. Greg? I like that play, Kyle. Uh, but I'm going to go with Danny McCarthy again. Nice. Stays on brand. Mark? I'm leaning to me, but it's between Zalatoris and Charlie Hoffman right now. I'll make my mind up Wednesday evening. Okay. And we've got best bets. Uh, Greg, you are staying very much on brand this week. And I love, I think I know where you're going with this one. And if it's where I think you're going, I love it. Yeah. So there are, um, and I haven't seen a lot of this. uh, This is my favorite. On on William Hill, you have group bets. And yes. there's what is it? Or there's about five guys in a group, and um, and Stuart Sink is in Group B, and I think that uh, Stuart Sink Group B is gonna you're gonna get some pretty good odds on him too, plus five hundred or so, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think he's gonna take down that group. I love group bets. So here's the group. There's six guys in it. It's Brendan Todd, Henrik Stenson, Adam Shank, Stuart Sink, Tyler McCumber, Patrick Rogers. So Greg took Stuart Sink at plus 475 to be the best in that group. I love the group bets. It's awesome. Uh, Kyle, your best bet, please. Uh, I got Camilio Viegas to finish top five. He's 33 to one. Uh, he's he's hitting the ball great, uh, but he's not – He's not putting very well, so I'm just I'm just basically betting on a good putting week from him. Uh, he has been, yes, he's been a great tee to green player. He's been brutal on the greens, but we know how that goes. Uh, I rarely do this. I like the top ten, top twenty stuff, but Adam Shank over Peter Malnati is a matchup that I'm laser focused on. Shank has the longest active cut streak in this field. Only four guys on tour have a longer cut streak. Greg, do you remember who they are? Oh, we talked about it yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, buddy. Um, it is Rory. Yes. Um, Rom. Yes. This is so stressful. Uh, Xander. Yes. One more. Um, who uh, Who is this? This is like a quiz, pop here? quiz. Um, is it a top twenty guy? Justin Thomas? No, it's not. It's not. Uh, I don't know what his. It, he has to be close. I don't know what his ranking is. Uh, Bryson. No, it's Hovland. No. Oh, oh, wow. recently Hovland. Wow. Victor Hovland, those four, then Adam Shank. How about that? So uh, I like my uh, really safe guys in matchup. So Shank over Malnati for me. Mark, do you have a best bet available for the listening audience? Can I get Will Zalatoris to earn his tour card? Hmm? Maybe. 
Uh, <laughs> no, no, all, all jokes aside, no, I think that's a given. Um, I, I'm, I'm really liking the look of guys like Ventura and Henrik Norland is popping out to me too. So either one of those to get inside the top 25, it's been a tip, pretty typical performance for them of late. So, so I think I'm going to go with Ventura. I've, I, Kyle mentioned him earlier. Uh, he sort of slipped my mind a little bit, but this boy is a force and, and I feel like he'll play well this week. I can always find you something, Mark, here. So (laughs) if you look at this, so uh, assuming that Will just has to make the cut to get his card, you can bet him to make the cut, but it's going to cost you. So you'd have to lay $715 to win a hundred. He's minus nah, that's not worth it. <laughs> 15. That's the old uh, nickels in front of the steamroller situation. Oh, yeah. Got going on. Let's go with Ventura <laughs> in the top 25. There you go. Um, okay. Gentlemen, don't get, uh, don't get trapped in the Bermuda triangle this week. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Also, uh, no post round pods this week. Instead, We've got some Masters content coming your way, so keep an eye and an ear out for that. Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at TheRealGFD. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. Let me thank Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can get me at Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.